You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. TikTok is going on the offensive with a high-stakes lawsuit challenging President Trump's ban on the social media network, a move that could deepen what's been described as a digital cold war. Trump banned U.S. residents from doing business with TikTok on August 6th because of its Chinese parent company, ByteDance. The Trump administration claims the fast-growing social network is a threat to national security. Here's Acting Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security Ken Cuccinelli. The problem is that this happens on a mass scale. It isn't one particular kid or one particular person. It's the existence in the United States of a multi-million person a data collection uh, effort that the uh, essentially the spy agencies and the military of, of communist China can tap into. Trump escalated the conflict a week later, ordering ByteDance to sell TikTok and saying the U.S. should receive a cut of the deal. We're making it possible for this deal to happen. Right now, they don't have any rights unless we give it to them. So if we're going to give them the rights, then it has to come into it has to come into this country. It's a little bit like the landlord tenant. Uh, Without a lease, the tenant has nothing. My guest is James Dempsey, executive director of the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology at UC Berkeley. Start by telling us about the grounds for TikTok's lawsuit. Well, the grounds for TikTok's lawsuit are based in in large part on due process, which is that their property, in essence, is being taken, their business is being harmed by the president without due process, without a sound factual basis and without a legitimate basis or a good basis for TikTok to, in essence, defend itself. President Trump's August 6th order to stop U.S. residents from doing business with TikTok and WeChat, was that an unusual use of executive powers? Yeah, this was, I think, stretching the president's power, which is obviously substantial when he claims national security grounds. This really took it beyond anything similar, anything that had been done in the past. So if there's ever going to be a case in which the president's national security powers are curtailed by the courts, this may be the case. Explain that a little bit more. For example, what's been done before and why this is going further? Well, the statute that's at issue in the lawsuit, at least, is the International Economic Emergency Powers Act which gives the president power to block financial transactions and any kind of transaction with an entity, a foreign government, or in person, which would include, of course, a corporation, where the president finds that there's an immediate and extraordinary threat to the national security. Mainly in the past, I think exclusively in the past, that has been used against terrorist groups or countries supporting terrorism been used against North Korea for its nuclear weapons program, used against Iran on the same grounds, used against North Korea for its actions attacking Sony and carrying out other cyber attacks. So mainly it's been used where the direct threat is coming from the nation state, from the foreign government. Here it's an indirect threat, theory being that China has control over TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. And that through that, then China can control TikTok to the detriment of U.S. national security interests. So it's a broader use of the statute, I think, than has been traditional in the past. You mentioned that the stated concern of the U.S. is that TikTok is collecting 
huge amounts of data about American citizens and that China could force it to turn the data over. TikTok has said that it's now storing data on American citizens in the U.S. and Singapore, and it's appointed a U.S. leadership content moderation team that's not subject to the Chinese. Are those good responses, and will a court really look into the facts here or just say, well, it's national security and the president and the executive branch knows better? So I do think that there's been a lot of ambiguity, a lot of vagueness on the part of the president and the administration here. They talk about what might happen or what is potential. On the other hand, it is true that if the software is made or controlled or can be altered at the direction of corporate leaders at the company in China, that they could certainly be required by the Chinese government to alter that software, to alter the architecture of their system, making data vulnerable. But again, I think it is this question of how much can the president act on concerns and hypotheticals and maybes versus how much does the government actually have to come forward and say concretely, this is happening, and that will be sort of the fight. That is, can the president take this kind of action on the basis of a maybe? TikTok also says that Trump's actions are in retaliation for the network providing a platform for those who oppose Trump. For example, that platform disrupted a Trump rally in Oklahoma recently. And they also say it's part of his campaign against China and Chinese tech designed to help him in the November elections. Will the court consider any of those issues? So I think there's definitely been this sort of confusing set or conflicting or complicated, overlapping set of motivation on the part of the administration. And there have obviously been, as there has been most every issue, very broad and unusual statements by the president. I think that at the end of the day, when it comes to the court case, the government, through its lawyers, is going to come forward and focus exclusively on the national security grounds. Generally, in the past, I think the courts have said, you know, the president had a wrong reason for doing this and a right reason for doing this. We will focus on the right reason. So I think the case is going to stand or fall on the adequacy and legitimacy and coherence of the national security argument. Also, a TikTok employee filed a lawsuit claiming that the government unconstitutionally deprived him of a job. Does that have a better chance than TikTok's lawsuit? Well, it'll be interesting to see how the two cases proceed in parallel. There's a separate WeChat case, actually, which has been brought by WeChat users challenging an order targeting a WeChat messaging app, which is owned and operated by Tencent, a Chinese company. So we now have three different lawsuits going. There is, in the TikTok case itself, the one brought by the company, there's some First Amendment arguments being raised there as well. So. There's a pretty interesting mix of issues, both due process issues as well as free expression issues, as well as the sort of issues being raised by the employee. Do you think that the due process issues or the First Amendment issues are stronger for TikTok? Honestly, I don't want to say one or the other. This is by any stretch of the imagination. This is uncharted territory. People are going to cite different precedents, but they are all pretty much not on point to what's going on here. This is pretty much 
uncharted territory. I want to turn for a moment to President Trump's August 14th order for ByteDance to sell its U.S. assets. The decision to force the sale of TikTok was based on an investigation by CFIUS, the Committee on Foreign Investments in the U.S. TikTok has not challenged that August 14th order. In fact, TikTok has been in negotiations for its sale, and Oracle and Microsoft, with its partner Walmart, have both submitted bids to buy TikTok. Well, TikTok has not yet challenged it. So CFIUS, which focuses on acquisition, the separate CFIUS process is focused on the acquisition of TikTok's predecessor by this Chinese company three or four years ago now. So we now have, yes, two different fronts. TikTok so far has not challenged the divestiture order and TikTok has been engaged in negotiations to sell TikTok's U.S. operations. That may moot everything. So we've got a lot of moving pieces here, and obviously we're seeing the administration even coming out with a two-pronged approach, which means there's going to be a lot of further steps in this process. I think there are going to be many other moves, both by the company, by employees, potentially by users. So far, we don't have any by TikTok users. That would more likely be a First Amendment case. So we're only like in, you know, Act 2 or 3, and this is not a three-act play. There are certainly a lot of moving parts. As far as the CFIUS part of it and the order to sell the U.S. assets, is it difficult to challenge that in court? Yeah, I mean, whenever the president cites national security and both the CFIUS authorities and the IEPA, the National Economic Emergency Powers Act, both of those sets of authorities are based upon national security claims that there's an underlying declaration by the president national emergency. They both draw on national security concerns. So generally speaking, the courts have been reluctant to intervene and to second-guess the president. But that's not to say that the president's power is unlimited. We saw after 9-11, for example, with Guantanamo, the courts gave a lot of latitude, but not unlimited latitude. And like I say, this is now uncharted territory. This is brand new. No president has ever quite tried to do this. So there is a limited ability to challenge based upon this notion of, okay, Mr. President, you have these broad powers, but they are not unlimited. You must have some basis for this and some opportunity for the company to defend itself. We'll see. It's just impossible to predict how this is going to come out. Absolutely impossible. Thanks for being on Bloomberg Law. That's James Dempsey, Executive Director of the Berkeley Center for Law and Technology at UC Berkeley. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to tune into the Bloomberg Law Show every weeknight at 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Bloomberg Radio.